Welcome back to Three Black Dots with Dr. Tiffany, Dr. Karen, and Dr. Zanetta. So, so, so also just uh, talking more about just prostate cancer in general. So we talked mm-hmm. about the age. 40, you need to start your screening. You really should get a PSA at 40 and honestly, just about every year thereafter. So you, you've been screened, your PSA may be abnormal, or maybe someone, you had a doctor who was comfortable doing a rectal exam and, or something was abnormal, you have a biopsy and it looks like it may show prostate cancer. Like what happens next? What would people expect? One thing that's also important in prostate cancer is not only the PSA, but there's also something called your Gleason score. Uh And so um, this is a score that we use to kind of determine the aggressiveness of the prostate cancer. And um, if if you are diagnosed with prostate cancer, the one thing you always want to know is what is my Gleason score? Because that puts you, that plus your PSA and some other things puts you in a, in a certain risk criteria. And after that, you determine what kind of treatment may be available for you or whether or not you should be treated at all. So this is another right. big controversial area yeah. that is very confusing, mm-hmm. very fragmented in prostate cancer. Yep. And, and that is how do we know who to go to if we need treatment for prostate cancer and how can we determine where to go? So, and, and, you know, one of the things that I think is really important, some centers do this well, where they actually have um, different practitioners, right? They may have a urologist who is the type of surgeon who works in the pelvis, right? Urology doctor. Um, And they'll have a radiation oncologist, someone who uses radiation, because these are all treatments that can be used upfront in the upfront setting for local, like prostate cancer. Medical oncology tends to be not necessarily included early on, except for intermediate risk, where there may be some hormone treatments. um, And we can talk a little bit about that in a minute. But I do think it's important for any time there's a diagnosis of prostate cancer for individual to at least at least have an opinion from a surgeon urologist and a radiation oncologist at least could and you repeat some- that because that is so important yeah one more so time. again anytime a man is diagnosed with prostate cancer i don't care what stage it is it needs to at least have a visit with a surgeon and with a radiation oncologist at least so those two different specialties and in fact when i was um, at harvard one of the things that we did in one of our clinics we actually had medical oncology there as well you know particularly for early stage prostate cancer where the options are you know active surveillance or watchful waiting which we can talk about surgery and it could be prostatectomy or brachytherapy, which is radioactive seeds implanted or external beam. You have all these options. None of them include medical oncology. So it's really cool to have someone who is kind of like a neutral person to say, here's my opinion and here here are your options versus having a surgeon who, you know, patients may say, oh, well, they're going to be biased or the radiation oncologist, oh, they're going to be biased. Medical oncologist is not biased. And so right. it was actually a really good clinic that we had when we had all three um, providers there, but that can be hard to organize. And so again, particularly if you're in the community where that's the majority of where cancer care happens is in the community, not necessarily at a big comprehensive cancer center where those sorts of multidisciplinary clinics can happen. It's really important if you have a cancer diagnosis, and particularly a prostate cancer diagnosis, that you see a surgeon and a radiation oncologist. And why is it important? 
because there are options. To your point, not only are there options in terms of um, what treatment modalities may be best, depending on the stage, right? So the staging is really important. Um, But then you as a consumer, as you as a patient, you as a wife of, you know, a man who's been diagnosed with prostate cancer, you as the brother of a, um, of a man who's been diagnosed, or you as a son of a man who's been diagnosed with prostate cancer, can go in and have all of the information you need. Because a surgeon can talk about the surgery. A surgeon should not be talking about radiation. Right. But that's an option. And so just the same way, I'm not going to talk to you about what a prostatectomy is, even though I'm a radiation oncologist. Do I understand what it is? is a surgical procedure where your prostate is removed. Removed. I can talk about that, but but that's not my purview. And I don't want to talk about the side effects because I'm not the one who's actually performing the surgery, you know, but I can talk about the side effects of radiation. And I can talk about mm-hmm. what the long-term sequela, the long-term problems that may be associated with radiation therapy to that area may, may or may not be. And so that's the reason so that you can have all of the information at your fingertips so that you can make a decision and that's going to be the right decision for you and your family. Right. So this active surveillance, um, that's a little bit, well, it's not a little bit, that's unique in the world, in, in prostate cancer, right? And that is part of the reason that there is some debate, I think, over when to start screening people for prostate cancer, because the thing is that it is very common among men, period. And oftentimes every, it is every- very slow growing. Just about every man by the time they're age 75 will have some you form of prostate cancer. Prostate. cancer yes. cells in the prostate, But right? it may never cause a problem. Exactly. So mm-hmm. the whole crux of the issue where you get into all the debate about when to start screening and what to do and all of these things right. is that you don't necessarily want to cause um, all of the side effects that a man can have from getting treated for something that is not going to ever give him a problem. Right. Right. So that is another big part of, um, you know, treatment for prostate cancer screening and all of this. So active surveillance. What is it? What does it mean? So when when a patient has active surveillance, these are people who were diagnosed with prostate cancer that is determined to be one of the slow going, slow growing, um, least aggressive cancers, right? Um, That may not necessarily go on to cause problems. And so instead of going right away into surgery, radiation, or all the things that we're talking about, um, they might actually be watched actively. Mm-hmm. Right. And, right. And and with with active surveillance. So, so we just said, I don't want to confuse anybody. So yeah. we just said that every, just about every man will probably have some form of prostate cancer by the time they're age 75. So, the problem is that black men tend to have an aggressive form and are diagnosed a little bit earlier. earlier. Yes. And we don't have really the information in trials to mm-hmm. know how mm-hmm. their particular disease mm-hmm. will behave. Yes. Yes. And so with active, with, with active surveillance, that's where you're getting blood tests or you may be getting, you know, physical exams and you're being monitored every so often with PSA levels and you're looking at maybe the rise of the PSA over time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you are, mm-hmm. you are being followed, but mm-hmm. you may not be intervened upon. And a, an important and critical component of active surveillance is biopsy, re-biopsy yeah. 
at least every, annually. Every year. So, yep. so every six months, there should be a PSA at least every six months to look at the doubling rate or how quickly the PSA test that level is rising and a biopsy is done every year. So that's some, yep. you know, it, it's an, it's an intervention in some ways, it's a procedure. Right. Um, and so that's important to keep in mind. And again, I think that the challenges are, are there side effects with surgery? Yes. Right. So there can be side effects with surgery. Are there side effects with radiation? Yes. There can be side effects from radiation. It may um, really be um, important for a man, particularly if you say you're age 60 or whatever, and you have a very slow growing, what appears to be a slow growing cancer, and you may say, oh, I don't wanna deal with all that right now. I, you know, My daughter's getting married next month or you know, in six months or whatever. That may be an option for you, but again, particularly for black men, we cannot sleep on this because we right. don't have all of the data we need because we right. haven't been involved we haven't in the trials. We have to take a break, we'll be right back. Like what you hear? Make sure you rate and subscribe. Three Black Dogs is available wherever you get your podcasts. Get your PSA early because yeah, yeah. there are other things yeah. that can elevate your PSA. And, yeah. and one thing that a lot of people, I was just going to throw this little plug in really fast, mm -hmm. was, you know, um, PSA is prostate specific. It's not always cancer specific. So if you get your PSA earlier you know, you're less likely to have some of the things that can elevate the PSA. So sometimes there's something called BPH, which is a benign tumor of the prostate. They can elevate um, your PSA levels. Another thing that's important that a lot of people don't know, if you are just getting your PSA level checked, you probably want to avoid having sex for about two days before, yeah. before yeah. the PSA is drawn. Yep. You also do not want your doctor to do a digital rectal exam with the glove finger before your PSA is checked because that can elevate your PSA. Yep. The riding thing, a bike, riding a horse. Yep. Trauma. Rectal trauma. And, you know, however you want to think about that can mm -hmm. elevate, you know, the PSA. If you have infection, that can elevate the PSA. Yes. So, yeah. you know, know before you get your PSA drawn that, you know, you're in the most ideal um, situation. Right. So one of the things that I say is if a gentleman goes and has a PSA drawn and it appears to be a little elevator borderline, get another one checked, right? Because yes. again, there can be something like that that has happened that may artificially right. elevate. But again, right. important and try to get a it done at the same lab. Mm -hmm. yeah. Try to get it done at the same lab. Don't go all over town getting your PSA. Yes. Try to get it, it done doctor. at the same lab. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. There's yep. actually a pretty good question, my sister in law. Had a, had a question that I thought was really okay. good. Mm -hmm. um, it sh she says, with COVID, how can you ensure the team will come together to advise you regarding prostate cancer? Mm -hmm. I am a community physician, so I'm a little bit different than, you know, uh, how Karen practices. So really in the community, we, we actually do a pretty good job of talking to each other. But sometimes you may have to be your own advocate. So when you go to the urologist, mm -hmm. you say, you know what? I am also going to a radiation doctor. And, you know, once you've had discussions with both, mm -hmm. you, you, you may, you know, have them talk if they're not willing to talk, you know, just say what you can even ask a urologist. What should I ask the radiation doctor? Yes. Yes. You know, 
That was going to be my thought is actually yeah. if, because again, the gateway for prostate cancer is the urologist. That's the surgeon, right? So right. if you go to your primary care doctor and you get screened, whether it be through the digital rectal exam or the PSA or both, and there's an abnormality that's found, elevated PSA, nodule in the prostate, your primary care doctor is going to send you to a urologist because the urologist is right. the one who's going to do the procedure, the biopsy, that's going right. to test the prostate to see if there's any cancer in that. So the urologist in many ways is the gateway. This is why the information about saying, if you have a diagnosis of prostate cancer, please make sure when you talk to the surgeon that you also say, is there a radiation oncologist you would recommend? And perhaps they have somebody that they already work closely with, right, right that they can then say, oh yeah, why don't you work go and see Dr. So-and-so. Good doctors are always going to say, get a second opinion. Yeah. They're never going to be pissed off. Yes. You know? Never. They're never going to be, they're never going to be angry. And so again, it's okay to say, is there a urologist, is there a a radiation oncologist you would recommend I see? And if they say no, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and do that. Would you mind making sure that they get my information? And you're done. Yes. That's very good advice. Mm -hmm. When we think about prostate cancer too, um, one of the reasons why you want to always know your PS, you want to know your PSA number, like, you know, your social security number, right? You want to know what your PSA levels are. Wow. You also, oh, and, wow. It, and honestly, you do, you need to know your PSA number. Like this is important. Um, you also, th- th- there, there are risk categories, right? So there are some men who may not, active surveillance may not be an option for them. Right. Sure. Right. Yeah, be, because absolutely. because it, it really depends on your risk category. So if you have yeah. a diagnosis of prostate cancer, you know, one of the reasons why you may, you know, get surgery versus radiation and the doctor may say, you know what, I don't think active surveillance is a good idea for you. Mm-hmm. That may have a lot to do with your risk. Rate. And it's related to that Gleason score. It's so related Dr. Lamar the mentioned the Gleason score, which is essentially looking at what the prostate cancer looks like under the microscope and how aggressive it looks. Uh-huh. And anything, definitely if it's a Gleason six or below, and if it's yes. only very localized, Yep. And if the PSA is less than 10, and then potentially you could be a candidate for it. Um, and a lot of people don't want to do that. They just want to get something done. Right. Yeah, and that's right. fine too. It's an option for you to think about yes. watchful waiting or active surveillance is the other term for it. And to your point, Tiff, you know, I was looking at, so many, many of my early publications were actually in prostate cancer. So I was doing a lot of research at the time looking at, um, risks to black men related even to treatments. So this mm-hmm. is again why we need to be included in some of these clinical trials. So abiraterone, yeah. right? Y'all yes. know that, right? So we talk about hormonal therapy. So men have hormones too, the same way that women do. So don't get it twisted, y'all. Don't act like women are ones are hormonal. <laughs> y'all got hormones too. Um, so <laughs> hormones are the things that help our, our organs and our glands to function properly. And so the male hormone, testosterone, many of you know, it's an important one. Um, but the prostate cancers and some be driven by right. testosterone. And so there are medicines that are that are used that actually can help to cut right. off manipulate the signal. The body. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So sometimes that's called androgen because androgen is the type of hormone deprivation therapy. So one of the things that I wrote a we paper about- We also call about, that ADT. A-D-T. Yep. If you A-D-T. see that online, ADT, A-D-T. like the security company. I was going to say not the security wow. company. Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, that's how you remember it. Okay. Jackie Gleason for your score. Wow. ADT for your androgen dip. Hey, this is how you remember these things. Yeah, that's good. Gleason, that's you'll remember the Gleason score. You so will, one I, of the hey. important things to remember, again, because oftentimes black men present with more advanced disease. And oftentimes right. in advanced disease, one of the treatments is going to be a 
what part of the treatment is going to be androgen deprivation therapy or ADT. And one of the things that my colleague and I, who's a cardiologist, actually wrote a paper on is the fact that oftentimes black men who are put on androgen deprivation may have higher risk of developing metabolic syndrome, so diabetes, it, oh, obesity, yeah. and other it's, things. It's a big deal. So yep. Again, these new medications that are coming out that are like, oh, this is all safe for everybody. Well, we don't know that. That's right. why we need to be included in these studies. That's why I encourage right. black men to look for these studies. There's an amazing national organization called the Prostate Health Education Network, or FEN, P-H-E-N. And it was started by my good friend, um, Tom Farrington, who's in Boston, he's a survivor. And he was like, I am not going to have my black men continue to die like this from a disease that I know is treatable. And he wanted to use his own experience. And there is so much information on his webpage. So look up FEN, FEN TV. And there are so many important pieces of information on there that talk about clinical trials. You may be able to find clinical trials that are there. But I know I personally gave a talk for them about the importance of clinical trials and black men enrolling in clinical trials. You know, to summarize what we've talked about, what are our take-home points? All right. So start the conversation at 40. Four, mm-hmm. zero. Okay. Four, zero. Black, start conversation at 40. Know your family okay. history. Mm-hmm. Right. Please. Let's yep. start talking about what people have in our families. You know, let's not make it a taboo subject. Yes. I've had patients that were on active treatment whose families didn't even know they had cancer. Right. Didn't know what mm-hmm. they were coming, you know, to the to the hospital every three weeks for. So, you know, it's so important to just start talking to our families, making sure we know, you know, making sure we mm-hmm. know what grandpa mm-hmm. died of, what he really had, yes. those sorts of things, you know, because those factor into it, too. And yes. your family history factors into when you should start getting your PSA, your race, mm-hmm. all of these things. So mm-hmm. that's not a prostate thing. That's a just... Black men are dying of, of, of prostate cancer and we're having a discussion about prostate cancer. Please, black men, know your history. Know if you have a brother who has a, mm-hmm. a prostate cancer diagnosis or a father or an uncle. That's really important. And the other thing that's important for today, I want to say that if you get a prostate cancer diagnosis, please get a second opinion. It's okay. Oh, There's yeah. enough time. And so whether it be, you, yeah. might be comfortable, you might be comfortable with your surgeon, you might not need to get a second surgical opinion, but at least make sure you see a radiation oncologist as well, particularly if they say you have early stage prostate cancer. Um, and, and I think that's an important thing that we've got to, if they're going to cut out your prostate, you need to actually see a radiation oncologist doesn't matter. If they say you have disease that's spread outside of the prostate and that they're just going to send you to a medical oncologist, that's fine. But if they are talking about doing surgery to your prostate, then you need to see a radiation oncologist as well. All right. And I think that's an important thing because I've seen way too many black men in particular who go and have a surgical procedure and the tumor was so big that they still needed to have radiation, radiation on top afterwards. of it. So you're getting two treatments when you could have been treated with one treatment. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. an important thing. Getting a second opinion is important. And if you have foregone all of our great advice about getting PSAs and haven't had one or something like that, if you're having urinary symptoms, mm. difficulty urinating, frequent urination, getting up at night all the time, um, right. pain with urination, all of those things, please get to the doctor right. and have it checked out. Those are prostate symptoms. Doesn't mean blood you got in, in, blood in bodily fluids. Yes. yes. Pain. Please yes. don't ignore yes. that. Please don't. 
please don't. Go yeah, that's that's doctor. really important. And I and, and again, I'm going to throw my pitch in for clinical trials too. I know you're yeah. you know it's 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 one of those things again that again if you if you have a prostate cancer diagnosis, particularly those who may have more advanced disease where they're talking about chemotherapy, we didn't even get into that. We're not going to talk about treatments here, yeah. but if you if you do get a diagnosis and you know it's not a bad thing to ask, say you know am is there a clinical trial I should consider um, for my disease? I think that that's something to to just bring up as well. Um, <laughs> we, we have five minutes. Uh, go ahead. It, I was about to say, and if you have prostate cancer and maybe you're on treatment now, or maybe, you know, you've had surgery or radiation, what can you do to, to help maybe decrease the risk of it coming back? The Don't smoke. Thing- the don't one smoke. thing, the don't one thing smoke. I just want to leave it leave you with is remember this is ninety over ninety seven percent of men are alive at five years when you catch this early. So again, you know, don't think of it as a death sentence. Don't think of it as, you know, I'm I, I'm so paralyzed. I don't want to deal with this. Like if we catch it early, you know, the the chances are you know, greatly in your favor that you will treat it and you will go on about your business and live your life. And and honestly, even in advanced disease, you know, treatments have improved in my oncology lifetime. Me too. I mean, abiraterone was a, a, a new drug when, you know, early on and now it's one of the older ones. And so they left me three minutes to talk about lifestyle uh, and what we, <laughs> you're wrong. Number one, you can have our podcast if you liked us or you didn't tell a friend and maybe they'll like us. We have a podcast, <laughs> wow. Lifestyle. What do we know is um, associated with more aggressive prostate cancer? Obesity, ta-da. Smoking, ta-da. Lack of fruits and veggies, ta-da. There's some noise in prostate cancer about <laughs> lycopene, tomatoes, cooked tomato products, sulfurane, yeah. compounds, yeah. broccoli, cauliflower, noise. dairy. Yeah. There's some stuff about maybe dairy, maybe not, increased calcium, maybe, maybe. But the two biggest things, obesity, smoking for aggressive yes, right. prostate cancer, right? Yes, don't listen right. to any of that stuff. So, obesity, smoking, eat more plants and less animal fats. And meats, but you can have bacon. You can have bacon sparingly, and and I'm going to issue a challenge, Dr. Karen, this week. No, for you. No, the challenge is eat a plant in every meal. Oh, that I can do. I oh, see. that's not bad. Oh, yeah, I got you. I have without Tiffany. That wasn't oh, no, bad. That's easy. That's easy. I got I'm gonna give you till Monday. So this weekend, you can think about what you're gonna get from the store. And the, the yeah. challenge to next week from Monday to Friday is going to be eat a plant with every meal and fruit juice doesn't count. Yeah, no, that's fine. I usually actually have plants for every meal. The one good. that I don't sometimes is breakfast, but I actually had a salad for breakfast the other get day. You, and it was no, good, get you so. some right. berries. No, I, I don't do that. That's not keto. Watermelon. <laughs> and berries so our not, challenge for the audience, one, if you know someone who needs their PSA, if they need to go to the doctor, please encourage them. The other Mm -hmm. thing is to get to know your family. You have to sit and talk, get everybody together and know your your family medical history. And now Mm -hmm. we live so spread out. If something happens to somebody, you know, get on a Zoom call or whatever it is we're doing these days and make sure that the family who lives across the country from you knows what's going on too. All right. Please, please, please. 
Three Black Dots is not intended as medical advice. All opinions are our own. Three Black Dots is produced by Wings Productions. Like what you hear? Make sure you rate and subscribe. Three Black Dots is available wherever you get your podcasts.